Gets open for three. Dagger! The kick in. Here it comes. Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. You like that? You like that? I like that. Welcome in to the post-game show on The Contender. My name is Joe. We are here to talk about the terrible Washington football team that continues to not get it done in some terrible, terrible spots. Uh, Stevie, you and I are going to have a long hour ahead of us here, I think, to, uh, to avoid watching Red Zone and some of the other spectacular things happening around the league and just kind of focus in on Focusing on the Washington football team. I watched this game from start to finish. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on what I saw transpire. Um, you know, I'll just say from the jump here, if anybody's out there and wants to join the show, uh, the number is uh, 855-908-5668. We'll pull you right into the conversation. There's no reason to wait on hold somewhere else. You can call right in. We'll pull you right in, and we can talk about what we just saw happen at FedEx. Um, you know, the easy, the low-lying fruit here, Stevie, the, the Eagles fans, the terrible Eagles fans come into FedEx and obviously take over the place. I don't know how much you paid attention to that or not. I mean, it's expected at this point, but you know, this team coming in, both teams are alive fighting for their playoff lives. Basically the Eagles are in the driver's seat. They needed a win more pressure. I think on them than on the, the football team between the COVID things and everything else. There's, there's a lot. I mean, these teams are kind of mirror themselves in that regard. Um, Philly was complaining 12 days ago about Washington getting the game extended because of COVID and then turn around and they've got their own COVID issues. Pressure on both sides, uh, I think certainly a little bit more on the Eagles, but we'll call it a toss-up. Um, you know, from my perspective, Washington had to do something to change the narrative after what happened, the epic collapse on Sunday night. I mean, the worst worst defeat of, for any team around the league uh, this season You know, was just, what, six days ago, seven days ago. And Washington had to come in here and get right. And it's the, you know, the, the Tress Way, who, who is a fan favorite and one of my favorites, one of your favorites. I mean, the guy just gets it done in and out, out of the lineup today. No one really knew. Like, I don't know how you assess how impactful your punter is going to be. Uh, it's not one of those things that you can, you can really uh, look at and say, well, without this guy, we're going to struggle or not. It did factor in, especially in the fourth quarter where, you know, you think maybe if Tress is there, you're punting and trying to pin them deep. We can get to that when we get there. Uh, but again, these teams just met on, you know, some random Tuesday 12 days ago. And like this, that game, this game also started 10-0 in favor of the Washingtons. And unfortunately ended the same way with a D.C. loss. And in, in somewhat dramatic fashion this time, not so much last time, Eagles ran for 200 plus, I think, uh, the last time they met again, you know, two weeks ago or so. They didn't start off very well, and Washington looked really, really strong coming out of the gate. Unfortunately, I mean, Philly found their groove for sure in the second half, and, and there's I have I have a lot of notes about that. And conversely, football team looked really good to start the game and just got worse and worse and worse as the game progressed. It's 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 just one of those things that if you've watched this team for any amount of time this season, last season, or any season in the last 15 years, this is what this team does. And I'm gonna take a pause here. Catch my breath, bring you in, and just I'm gonna ask you one question, Stevie, coming in. And make sure your mic's on because you, you sometimes you get me with that. Don't worry, don't, don't I don't need, I don't need a mic. I got yet. one, I got I'm one ready. question for you. Coming into this game today, did you expect Washington to win? Yeah, actually, I did. I, See, I did expect them and to that win. is the curse defined perfectly in one sentence, one question, and one word answer. 
I, I, I expected them to be competitive and they were more than competitive. I mean, they were in this game and, and, and I'll give you my lead right up top. Okay. And, and I'm sure we'll go through detail by detail here, but I'll give you the lead right up top, which is a for effort F for talent at this point. I mean, we didn't know what team we were going to expect coming off of that Cowboys game. I mean, my question was, had they punted on the season? Had they quit on the season? Now, I would be remiss if we bring up the word quit and not bring up Antonio Brown, but we'll get to him in a second, okay? But had this team quit on the season, and are they going to show up for these next two games? You know, that was really the question. They showed up, A for effort. Ron got them playing. Heineke was in it. Man, I, I love Heineke. As, as inept and as visually unappealing he is as a quarterback. It looks like I'm playing quarterback, but you got to love that he's in the game. The offensive line sucks. They suck. All those guys suck. Well, they, they didn't suck protect. in the first quarter. They didn't no. suck in the first quarter. The, the the play calling, you know who doesn't suck is Scott Turner. Scott Turner. Uh, I disagree. I disagree. I think, I think your boy Scotty, listen, I think your boy Scotty came out and I think he had his 15 to 20. I think he had his, his first two or three series ready to go. He was going to call those plays no matter what. Surprise, surprise. They they looked great. They looked great, Stevie. This team made no adjustments after halftime. They really no. made no adjustments after no. the, the third possession. But regardless, you're big on Scotty. I'm not. No, I just you, know, you know what I'm, I, I, what, I'm, what I'm not big on, Joe? And this is really the curse of this team, is blaming the coaches. And I've told you this off camera because I don't want to get in trouble on cameras. Blaming the owner for things that I don't think the owner actually has things to do with. We, it is, it is a disease in this is town. We blame coaches and owner coaches and owner. We never blame the players. And you know what? I think Scott Turner called a great game. I think you are not, you cannot call a, a, an offensive. He play. called a very good first quarter. He no. called a he, he, okay. Second and third playbook. quarters. You don't Steve. have, oh. when you don't have the offensive line to protect Heineke. That's it's the I, same I, offensive I, line. It's the same guys that were there in the first quarter that were there in the fourth quarter. What no, am I no, missing? No. Sadiq if, Charles was hurt. Listen, I'm look, if you're if your point is that they are subpar talent-wise and they need to get better people on the offensive line, okay. I, I don't disagree. But if you're telling me that he's call he's calling worse plays as the the, the offense becomes more and more vanilla as the game progresses. The offensive I mean, line gets worse and worse. Yes. Well, they get more tired. Inept. They get tired. I mean, they're supposed they're supposed to get tired, right? This is like the Madden setting. It's not rookie or, or you know, it's not on arcade mode where no one gets tired, no one gets injured. But the scheme all, was working early on. No, all I'm saying is you cannot call anything deep. You cannot call you you have 30% less of your playbook with an O-line that cannot protect Heineke. He's not able to step into any throw. He's not able to 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 go through his progressions. He's not able to do any. I don't blame Taylor Heineke. I don't think any quarterback can be successful with an O-line like this. To me, it all goes back to the O-line. And and I think you have great receivers. You can have great running backs, which we don't, but you could. O-line wasn't protecting them today versus subpar Eagles. Uh, uh, Steve, so, look, I, I got I, you know I love you, man, but I, I, I'm not. Montez I don't... Sweat's little brother, whoever that kid is, Josh Sweat. Okay, call, he was, he's a pro bowler today. That's crazy. Well, bad football team. Look, look, look. Ahead, Taylor ahead, started this game. game Taylor started the game nine for nine. So I, I don't like if they're, you they're, want. They're, they're they started the game. Passes. It's two different teams. I, I don't know what to tell you. They started the game. He started nine for nine, completing. I think his first six passes went to six different receivers to start the game. So, in the, I, I just can't buy that the offensive line is 
you know, didn't give him time. I, I, I agree that they got tired as the game no, progressed. No. Sure. I, I would appreciate a third party to call in or do something to set you straight, which is in the beginning of the game, defenses are keeping teams honest in the sense of you're, you're having two safeties back there. There's a threat. As the, the game gets on, they know they are going to run the ball. They are going to uh, dink and dunk you to death. Teams start playing up. It's it's just a different mentality. I I I don't know how to explain this to you, and <laughs> I don't think we have enough time for me to explain this to you. Well, you you I think you got to do a better job trying. And by the way, our boy Sam says Happy New Year, Happy New Year, dude, Steve. I think this is the first time we've officially talked in this capacity. Happy New Year to everyone that's out there listening. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah. Unfortunately, twenty twenty two is starting right? a similar fashion to how twenty one ended. With listen, uh, th- th- there's there's another comment right there. Why don't you put the other comment up there uh, uh, that's agreeing with me? Uh, yeah, well, I'll get there in there. a second. Did you see it? You can put it up. The talent isn't there. That that's the end of it. The talent isn't there. Thank you. Thank you. Well, for that. well, look, look. Mina's our boy too, but look, I'm not. Uh, Ron Rivera, the coach, more than Ron Rivera, the GM. Yeah, but Ron Rivera, the coach, also does a whole lot of this. You know, a lot of this, just kind of walking around, walking around. I mean, does he? I, I'm really curious what happens. What happens in the headset? Like, what is he telling Scott? Because to me, Stevie, again, this game started one way and ended a completely different way. Like it just looked like two different teams, and I, I don't know how else to describe that. I'm watching the game. I watched every every snap. I was a little bit behind, but I caught up. I skipped halftime. But regardless, the the offense gets progressively worse. Like the creativity goes away. The 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 motion and everything else just stops all of a sudden. And we really didn't see it until literally the last drive of the game is when they they kind of brought it back. And unfortunately, the game you know they were driving, they were driving to the to the last to the last second. You know what exemplifies what I'm trying to ex- explain over here to everybody is that last drive before the end of the first half. And I don't know if, if, if you saw that, but they got the ball, I think, around the five or ten. I mean, they were pinned pretty deep by the Eagles pun- punter. Yes. I think it was around the five-yard line. And they went run, 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 screen, screen, screen. And it took about a minute uh, uh, until they got to the 40 and decided, you know what, we can get a field goal range. You get in a field goal range, you get a couple of passes. Joey Sly hits a 55-yarder after, you know, they go, they tried to freeze him with a timeout and he missed the first one. But that, that to me, is the essence of did this Did he miss team. the first one? Did he miss he the did. first one? The, I mean, when they tried to ice him? They, they iced him. He missed it. I mean, he didn't see. He didn't seem like he, he seemed like he was just kicking it. But, uh, yes, hits the second one from 55. But to me, Joe, that's why you're handcuffed. I mean, you, you don't trust your quarterback with two minutes left to get you in a field goal range. You're so oh, concerned. I, I don't trust the quarterback at all. He he he. At one point, Stevie tried to throw the ball out of bounds and ended up throwing it, throwing an interception, and it, it you know it got called back because of a pass interference or whatever it was. I forget the circumstances, but I mean he he sails the ball. I mean I'm not. I could spend the next hour talking about the same things I've been saying over and over from the beginning of the season. His accuracy isn't there. His arm strength isn't there. When he when he decides to throw the ball, especially over the middle of the field, it's gonna be high which is why Terry leads the league in contested catches and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to talk about any of that stuff. I think we beat all that. Um, we, we, we've been, well, literally been saying the same thing about, every yeah. single week. What do you want to talk about? Well, I want to talk I want to talk about Scott Turner. That's what I want to talk about. Oh, I want to talk about – I mean, now that you got me all worked up here about Scott Turner being the, the <laughs> offensive genius and that I'm, I'm underappreciating his, uh, his offensive play-calling tenacity. No, no. He called a vanilla offense. Like, you just know some of these teams come out and they just run their script. They came out that first drive of the game was arguably their best drive of the entire season. And maybe that's just me, you know, having a short term memory of what the season has looked like. I mean, I'm sure they've had other drives, maybe not first drives or first possessions like that. But that that was 
arguably one of their best drives coming out, Stevie. They just they methodically moved the ball. They ran the ball effectively uh, off the guards. I mean, they just and they scored a touchdown. I mean, that's that. Those are the three things you want to do: control the ball, don't make any mistakes, get first downs. And if I'm not mistaken, let me look through my stats here. If I'm not mistaken, they ended the first half going five of eight on third downs. Philly went one for four. I mean, it was literally they reversed the teams. Like it was. I mean, Washington dominated the first half. Philly absolutely dominated the second half. But you know, going into halftime, Stevie, first the first half stats at halftime. Washington had the lead in rushing yards, 68 to 47. Washington had the lead in passing yards, 163 to 114. Total yards, 231 Washington to 161 for Philly. Third downs, Philly one for four. Washington five for eight. And time of possession, 13 minutes to 16 and a half minutes, or approximately 16 minutes for Washington. So Washington was clearly the better team in the first half by every measure. Literally by every measure, Philly comes out in the second half and just... They, it was like a reset. They came out as if it was 0-0 and just said, okay, let's try this again. And boom, boom, boom. They worked the ball down the field. They they started running the ball, and that's that's what they're really good at. And again, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if anyone – I'd be interested to know if people agree with me or agree with you. I, I put a little bit more on this on Scott Turner than as a play caller than Taylor and the execution. I think you're on the opposite end of that. And if anyone out there wants to chime in on that topic in particular, anything related to this game – Phone number is 855-908-5668. Call in. We'll put you right on and we can debate it or at least discuss it. But Stevie, like I said, they it was two different teams. Washington, no adjustments whatsoever at halftime. That's not a new thing. Okay, that's that's a Ron thing. And we've seen it time and time again. Like, it just, I don't, what, I don't what, know what to say. What, what, what adjustment would Coach Azer make? Tell, tell me, what adjustment would you walk into that halftime locker room and make? Because I I'll tell you. I mean, I have a few. Give I mean, me one. I, Give me I, one. I would, I would blitz. I mean, I don't. I mean, JDR makes d- doesn't yeah, blitz at all. Not a bad answer. It's I would blitz. Answer. I mean, that that's the answer. first thing I would do, especially when they are methodically moving the ball the, the way they were. To you know, maybe maybe you give them one possession or two possessions in the second half, but if they are committing to the run, to their zone blocking, to their league leading strategy of just running the ball consistently, then you have to do something to either generate a turnover. Or stuff them. You, you got you got to slow them down. One of the easiest things to do is put more people on the. I mean, they only they started the game with only Cole Holcomb and uh, and Jamin Davis, I believe, at linebacker. They had an extra down lineman and, and an extra. Or uh, sorry, they had a nickel nickel corner to start the game. Uh, so they were trying something different on defense to kind of control that. But again, once you see the momentum shifting, which to us as fans, as people watching on TV, if I can see it, how can how can the coaches not see it, Stevie? Like. That's the part I'll never understand. I just, I, I, I will never understand that. And one adjustment that they got to make for for all time, every situation, forever and ever moving forward, when you need five yards, throw a six-yard pass. Please. This idea that on in press coverage, you're going to pass to some guy who's not named Jamar Chase or, or, or Hopkins or whatever that's going to catch the ball and muscle for an extra couple yards. We don't have that guy. I love Terry McLaurin. He might be that guy in the future. He's not that guy today. If you need five yards, you've got to pass the ball for five yards. I hate the shotgun snap on uh, on uh, in third and long situations where you're basically asking your running back to go from a standstill to you know five yards to get back to zero to the line of scrimmage and then get another two or three. I hate that the draw call as well. I'd rather you just run a bubble screen. So yeah, I- I'm not a coach, but there's definitely some adjustments I would make because y- you have to be able to accommodate. Like if Philly's sending the house, you got to do something different. You've got to. 
Well, what, what I did see, the adjustment they made that I appreciated was they were helping the two tackles. They were helping Charles and Leno, who's back to being Jay Leno. I mean, they, they, they were helping these guys out with their backs chipping. What I would tell you is I like the blitzing, but you just – I'm going to go back to talent. You don't have the talent in the secondary to compensate for an extra uh, rusher. I just I, – I, you had a guy named Corn Elder. Who is Corn Elder? <laughs> he made a hell of a play. But who is that guy? Okay, like what, what? You know, Kendall Fuller played a good game, actually. You know, surprisingly, yes, Cam Curl played a good game as well. Had, had several tackles, seven tackles, two assists. Uh, you know, uh, Fuller had a couple breakups. Uh, Cole Holcomb ha- ha- played a decent game. He is who he is, though. He, Can't cover. Cole Can't cover also had one mysterious stop. Tackling well, the quarterback. Davis ended up getting him, which is a pretty crappy first sack for Jamin yeah, Davis. I mean, I, I would be curious to know what he was thinking at that point in time, though. Like, what, what, you, what's going through your head? Like, did he release the ball? You don't want to get flagged for? Yeah, it's exactly. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. you don't want to let him go. Right I mean, he just. I mean, maybe you wrap him up or something. I don't, I don't know. It just looked. It looked odd. I mean, the, the, our, our linebackers can't cover the backs. They can't cover them, and 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 Philly took advantage of that. I mean, Philly did nothing down the field. I mean, everything was was short. Uh, you know, uh, um, Jalen Hurts went, what it was, 17 completions, 214 yards. I mean, you know, they got their rushing game going, best rushing team in the league. They they started getting, you know, some sweeps. They started uh, getting, finding some different holes. Boston Scott looked good, uh, 14 for 47. So, you know, nothing great. But they, like you said, they looked average. I mean, they didn't get anywhere near 200. Philly's not a good team. Yeah, so I don't know if you saw this, but but Chris Russell and I were going back and forth on uh, Twitter. I'd love the rooster to call in, or or, or uh, maybe I'll call him after. But, but I was going back and forth. And like, Antonio Brown right now. Which which team has the better offensive talent? I mean, uh, you you you're gonna tell me? Would you take Terry over Devontae Smith? Yes. Oh. Yes, but I wouldn't. I don't. I'm not a Hertz guy, and I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're. I mean, their offensive line is is certain is probably more talented, but I think that skill positions. I don't know. I'm not a Dallas Goddard guy. I don't think he's very good. Oh, you're crazy! Uh, you stick with John Bates or Jeremy Bates, whatever that kid's name is. I mean, we didn't play bad. You didn't play bad. You didn't play bad. But hopefully, Ricky Seals Jones. You know, but okay, but you're, right? I mean, you're right. I'm, I'm kind of going through it now. I mean, if if you told me going into the game that Heineke was going to go for 27 for 36 for 247. They- Okay. This may have been Heineke's best game. Maybe no. he's had a couple of games. Is his best first quarter. For, from a numbers perspective, I mean, he, he was like nine no, he, for nine. He had 300 start. against Brady, didn't he, in the in the playoff game last year? Playoffs, yeah. by the way, not happening in Washington. Yeah, I, I think I think everyone got the memo. We're also not going to win our eight and a half, uh, par, our eight and a half game win. Uh, I mean, to not have a running game, to have no th- – I mean, he, he had Antonio Gibson this entire time. Not have Gibson – be down a couple guys, down Samuels, down that O-line. I thought Heineke played great. I mean, I I, I think Heineke's topped out. This is the yeah, best Heineke I, will ever be. He, yeah, I think the four-game win streak was the ceiling, and he was kind of redlining and just kind of stayed there for four games. And, you know, I, I mean, he missed the Philly game, and who knows what happens if he had played in that game. He didn't look – I mean, he looked terrible. He looked like he didn't belong in the league on Sunday against the against the Cowboys. And you know it's it's a good line. I mean, it's respectable, but he's not. I mean, again, like he's. I can't stop watching the Antonio Brown highlights. By the way. I, it's it's fascinating. At some point, we just got to stop talking about the football team and switch to Antonio Brown, who just seemingly 
quit in the middle of the third quarter with this team losing by 14. I've never seen anything like it. And they came back and won. Did they win? Yeah. Oh, I, need, I need to go get caught up on that. But I was gonna I was gonna say, like missing Gibson today, I I, I felt like it was gonna be a larger uh, like more impact on the team. But honestly, Patterson played a good game. I mean, 12 carries for 57 yards, averaged about five on the ground, got the touchdown on the opening drive, and he added another five catches for 41 yards. I mean, and, and I think they alluded to it on the on the broadcast as well. Guys like Patterson and Gibson, these guys that, that transition from wide receiver into running back, like this is what you want to see out of them, right? You want to be able to put them out there on first down or third down or any down in any situation and present the defense with a challenge. Like, are we running the ball or are we passing the ball? You know, J.D. McKissick, I, I don't know if we're going to see him. We're probably not going to see him next week. With one game left, I don't know what you – at this point, the season's over. I, I think you you try to survive. You don't. You definitely don't want any injuries. I'm sure there's some guys that are going to be playing for contract bonuses, game bonuses, things of that nature, yardage, whatever. There's going to be some of that next week against the Giants. But I, I think Patterson is probably earning himself a spot right now on this roster going into next season. Um, Heineke, to your point – Yes, I think we've seen the best of Taylor Heineke, and I think we've also seen the worst. And it's, you know, he's he's better than Kyle Allen. I think he will. I think he will be the the backup to whoever's going to be the starter next year. He's not. He's not starter. Uh, you know, caliber, and that's just the reality. But also, all the people in La La Land, like our boy FP, that thinks, uh, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to leave Green Bay. He may leave Green Bay. He's not coming to Washington. Okay, like that's that's nonsense. There's nothing here for him. There's nothing here except a bad owner. I mean, looking at the field on Sunday and looking at the 11 guys on offense, there's very few guys that were on that field that I would like to see next year. And I, I know we can start talking about next year. And really what we should be doing is talking about the Nats. Um, but uh, next year, I can't think of more than a handful of guys that were on that field that I would like to see. I mean, I want Leno on the team. I want I want Gibson on the team. I want Heineke on the team. I'd like Jerry McLaurin, obviously, to stay on the team. No, I'm talking about on the field. Uh, I mean, you, Cam you Sims. I think Cam Sims. I think deserves to be on this roster. I think he in spots can be very good. Deami Brown. I'm not sure. Oh, I'd rather yeah, have him than not have him. Um, you know, Bates has played okay. Ricky Seals. I mean, I gotta talk about that too. I, general question here. I mean, I hope I, I haven't seen any updates on, on on Ricky Seals. Did you see the collision? I did. I did. Yeah. Well, so I mean, luckily, the camera dude's okay. Camera guy was okay and was able to return to work. And yeah. the camera guys or his gal, the assistant person that was holding all the, I don't know, there was two people that, there was three people uh, on the collision, right? Dating. No, I didn't say they were dating. I'm saying there was the camera guy and then there was somebody next to the camera guy, like a husky individual with a bunch of like stuff. <laughs> they were all knocked out, right? But I mean, Seals was the one that, the Seals Jones was the one that went back uh, and, and I didn't see an update. Actually, I have to check on that. But general question, why are they so close to the sideline? So, so you can have a good the NFL camera, film. The cameras show. are super HD and have zoom. Like, why, why no, can't they that, do that, that from no, like that 10 yards back? The, that dude's holding the sound thing. That's so you can hear. No, he was a camera guy, not the boom mic guy. The, 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 you're talking about the big like satellite dish yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's for, that's for audio. That, that's yeah. a little bit different. But I'm sure there's a way to like hang it or something to get all the audio. But the, why is the camera guy with super zoom and super HD 8K cameras and whatever, why do they have to be so close? I don't know, but if we're on a topic of why do things have to happen, why is every game at FedEx Field those guys that bang on the fence thing? <laughs> I don't know. And it drives me insane. Can we stop that? There's Weren't no you one of those guys for like five years? Weren't you one of those guys? I, 
You were one of those guys. Our Tell the people the truth. Too good to be banging on the metal fence, okay? It's those guys sitting in the obstructed view. They got a metal fence in front of them. They're banging. Well, they do on. other things with the obstructed view. I know. I've, I've sent you the photos of what happens in the uh, in the party deck area. Keep it clean. It's a PG show. Keep it clean. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I. I. It's a. It's a general question that I've never gotten a good answer to. Is why? Why are they so close to the field? I. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. But you know what? I don't have to get it because I'm not there, and I don't know what I don't know what like outside of the clip he got of Ricky Seals Jones running into him. Like, what else did you think he captured? Like all where those man hours spent of all the things wrong with FedEx Field. You you choosing to pick on the where the camera guy sits or stands is probably thirtieth in, in in line. Okay. Did there's also reports coming that that the part of the uh, stands collapsed at FedEx. Did, did you see that? I, I haven't seen see it. it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything posted on Twitter either about it, but I'm going to go back and look at that. How quickly can they get out of that stadium? I mean, well, I mean, they have a lease through 2027. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, not quick enough. They can't There's get no out way they make it to 27. The question is, what, like, when does FedEx drop naming rights and just it can just be the football team playing in a nameless? How perfect would that be? The, the nameless team playing in a nameless stadium. They call it the stadium. The stadium, exactly. It's just Dan's house. And it's actually be perfect if it was called Dan's house because it's falling apart. No one wants to be there. <laughs> Maybe you can cut down more trees or plant some trees. I don't know. But FedEx, I'm surprised, is still sponsoring the, the building. At Who this is point. still I going? I, I, You know, that's Eagles fans. We Stupid Eagles fans. Team. They come down here with their disgusting sandwiches and their green and black jerseys, and they invade Maryland, which we don't care about. And they sit there and just, you know, it sounded like a home game for them. But every it's, team it's that comes bad, here. It's a bad football team. The Eagles. It's a bad football team. The Eagles are a bad football team. But the Giants are a worse football team. Giants don't have an offense. Uh, the Giants look really bad. Our boy Sam, that was saying Happy New Year. He, he's a big Giants fan. He he, that is a just a bad team. Just a and bad, they, bad they, team. they don't look like they're going to be any better. Well, no, they don't have a quarterback, and they might not have a coach. Uh, you know, in, in one more week, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to talk about the Giants. The Giants depress me, but honestly, the football team depresses me too. I started like it's sixty degrees here in DC. Like, I could have been outside. I could have done something with my kids. I could have done a zillion other things. Instead, I. You know, I turned on the game. I was like, all right, like I told my kids, I'm just going to watch a little bit and let me see what's going on. And then they pull me in. They look like a competent football team to start. And then the next thing I know, the wheels come off. I will say this. If you did not tell me to do this show today, I would not have watched one second of the game. Okay, I would not have watched one second of the game and been much happier. I made multiple bad decisions today. Well, yeah, I mean, you generally don't watch a lot of these games anyway. I, I know, like, because I, I share the notes, and then you come in here and you sound really smart. But but generally speaking, you don't watch a lot of the game, but I'm surprised you do. I mean, look, Stevie, of all the games you watched this season, right, for the football team, last Sunday's got to be the worst performance period. I mean, that's not debatable. But where do you put this one against some of their other performances? I mean, they, like, to me, I, I put this one kind of in the same mix as the, uh, ironically, as the Chargers, as the first game of the season. Maybe even the Broncos games where they they were playing good enough to win, but they just couldn't close it out. Like the, again, for me, the offensive sputtering is to me it's more about the play calling than it is about the about the execution on the field. I mean, Taylor does struggle at times, but the play calling to start the game and the play calling to end the game were completely different. And I, and again, I don't know if they just run out of creativity. They don't like to run the same plays twice. I have I have no idea. I have no idea, and I'm not going to pretend to be smart enough to guess, but. I mean, when 
you play Madden, I play Madden. Sometimes when you find a play that's working, right? Sometimes you just hit the Y button and you flip it and you just run it the other way and see what happens that way. This game, I, I like the Chargers reference week one because honestly, I, I blame you. I, it was either you or FP. You put out those playoff scenarios. Definitely. Somebody texted playoff scenarios. And my God, some of them looked plausible. And I started thinking, there is a good chance that if we went out, it wasn't that much that had to happen, right? A, a Vikings loss, a Niners loss. Uh, the Both Eagles. are likely. Yeah. You know, it was not a crazy scenario. So nope. that's why I tuned in. That's why I watched. Because I thought, man, if this team figures out a way to pull out these two victories, we're playing in a playoff game against the Cowboys, Cardinals, uh, you know, Packers, Somebody. whoever. That's right. And so, you know, there was some hope today that, you know, they just find a way to win and then they get healthy, right? Because, you know, decimated with COVID. But you think, you know, a week or two come playoff time, they'll, they'll be at full strength. And, yeah, I had the hope, but it's stupid. It's a bad football <laughs> <laughs> and we're stupid for buying into we're it. And, and and FP is stupid for, for spending FP half of his stupid. Tuesday or Wednesday putting all those scenarios together. He could have just waited for ESPN to put him up somewhere, right? But he, he had to sit there and figure it out. And, and I get it. He lives for it and he loves doing that stuff. But yeah, I mean, some of these things that we needed, like Washington needed help. Philly needs help too, but now they're they're firmly in control of, of whatever's coming ahead for them. But Washington needed help. And some of the tiebreakers that they have with the exception, I mean, they have all the tiebreakers with the exception of, uh, of new Orleans. And we'll see how they fare later this afternoon, but it doesn't matter anymore. At this point, Washington will not make but, the playoffs. They would have been the Stevie. They would have been the first team to make the playoffs back-to-back seasons with losing records too. But I was just going to say, it's so yeah. stupid. You're so stupid. Not only F, okay. You're so stupid. I'm so stupid. We'll throw an FP too. Who, what does it matter if we make the playoffs? What does it matter? No, I think it when matters. Does it matter? I think it matters. I think I think you I think as you I, I've said this before. If you want to retain your talent, you have to be able to show that you're building towards something. If you want to bring in quality free agents, you have to be able to show that you're building something. Ron needs to be able to come in and say, Hey, like you know, the team is improving. We've made the I've been here two years, we've made the playoff both year playoffs both years. Like he needs to be able to say stuff like that. It's not just a money thing. People know they'll get paid in Washington, but why would you come here if the team is comparable to the Lions or to the Bengals until apparently this year now? Like the Bengals are on a different path now. Or, you know, I'm trying to think like like the Raiders are are very Washington-like in that regard, right? Like they sometimes are super hot, but most of the time they're just kind of average at best. Like Washington isn't a terrible bottom three, bottom five team, right? They're better than the Jets. They're better than the Jags. They're better than the Giants. They're better than... Uh, you know, the, the, the seller dwellers, right. They're better than the lions. They're better than, I mean, they're better than a handful of teams, right. But they're not firmly kind of in the middle either. So I think to, you have to show that you can make the playoffs consistently, that you can be competitive, right. That you're competing until the second to last week or whatever, whatever week it is of the season. And that's what they did this year. And I think that's where Ron's probably going to hang his hat and say, you know, we toughed it out. We were dealt some terrible circumstances, whatever, we lost our starting. We lost a ten million dollar quarterback on the first series of the of the season. Basically, Taylor's done a great job filling in. He's going to be our backup moving forward, you know. And they just kind of roll with it from there. We, I mean, losing Chase Young. I mean, people forget like Chase Young is still on this roster and he should be back, right? Deron Payne maybe not back given what happened last week in Dallas, which was embarrassing, right? And then he went on and deleted all of his uh, social media posts about Washington Football Team. Blah blah blah. They look fine today. 
Um, and I personally will choose to believe that guys that have known each other for that long are going to be okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know where you fall on that, but I, I think generally speaking, Allen and Payne are going to be fine. I mean, it's like me and you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's actually a very good analogy. Yeah. We got into it on a basketball court once upon a time. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, I think it ended with a DDT it on, did, the on the concrete. You'd be a big whatever on the concrete. That's right. That's right. But let, let's save that. Let's save that for another show, Stevie. You know, I I, I don't want to look too far ahead. I, I do. I do wonder though what Ron is saying to the team, like right now, basically in the uh, in the locker room. Like, what what do you what do you do with this team now? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. <laughs> I mean, you're assessing talent at this point, and you know you're you're looking at effort. You're looking at who quit on the team and who didn't, and you're gonna see you know who's gonna be back here next year for it. I mean, someone like Deron Payne, you see, is he worth the the, the pain? You know, no pun intended. Uh, I think or- he's worth it. I, I don't know if I don't know if he was gonna want to be here, but, but, but we'll come back to that in a second. We have Rob on the phone with us. Rob, were you at FedEx today when the stands fell apart? No, uh, I was actually uh, just hanging around in the apartment. Uh, but I don't know if you, because you guys are getting ready for the show. I don't know if you guys uh, saw the video of what happened. But Jalen Hurts is walking towards the tunnel. And there's about 20 Eagles fans at the corner of the tunnel and the front row of the stands getting ready to try and, and, and uh, tap his hand and walk him past. And then the stands give out. Uh, it's like a slow motion give out of like this uh, metal barrier, I guess, uh, you know, the, that, are, that are attached to the stands. That all fell apart. It looked like part of the wall of the stand fell apart, too. So they fall flat on their face. There's about 20 of them. And then uh, Jalen Hurts uh, almost got, I'm watching the video right now, he almost got, like, pelted by the fans as they're falling down to the ground. Jalen Hurts was, like, two seconds away from being tackled by the 20 people falling. And then the fans get up. Apparently they were all okay. And then they started trying to take selfies with Hurts before the guards got them away. But uh, scary stuff. Stuff yeah, well, just add that to the list of embarrassing things that happens at FedEx. Maybe maybe the class action lawsuit against Dan Snyder will be the thing that brings down or brings an end to his ownership, Stevie. I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of that, to be honest. I, I mean, I'm looking the at... Stadium, the stadium is only 25, 26 years old. Why is this happening? <laughs> I mean, why why is there sewage falling from the uh, the toilets onto fans into, or whatever That's it was, rainwater, because, whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard Rob say that everyone's okay, so we can start making fun of them. I mean, how fat were the people that fell? Uh, Rob, do you have a read on that? Uh, <laughs> two chunky people. Um, most of them are normal size. It was not okay. a not a weight thing. Okay, well, it's good that we identified the two that are responsible for it. I I, I like that. Okay, but there's no chance the stadium uh, uh, will last until 27. There's no way he's going to find a way to get out of it. Yeah, well, I, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to bring Rob back in in a second here if he wants to come back in, but he, I don't know how they stay in this stadium. I mean, honestly, it's one of – I mean, nobody wants to play there. They don't practice there. Nobody – it's a pain in the ass to get there. There's so many things wrong with it. 
The fan experience is terrible. The food is overpriced. I mean, you go on and on. Add this to the list. I'm actually, I don't know if you see the video, Stevie, but I'm, I'm, I'll send it to you here on, on the side. Yeah, that's, uh, Rob was right. It That is not, that is not okay. I mean, he's literally just walking through. I might just hold it up so you can see it on the screen here, but he's, he's literally just walking through the stands or walking out and the whole thing just falls. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like you, you can't have that. Oh, this is inside. I thought this was like in the hallway or something. No, look, boom. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing just literally came down. Anybody that's watching on the stream, probably I'm not supposed to be broadcasting this, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. They, they literally, I mean, two chunky people. He's right. Yeah, he's right. And there goes the COVID protocols too. <laughs> I mean, it, it's amazing. The first thing they thought of was, let me get my phone out and take, I mean, I would probably do the same to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't blame Sculpton for that. I would do the same too. I would do I mean, the same. Uh, Antonio Brown's a free agent. <clears throat> would, would you want Antonio Brown on your team? I mean, could it get any worse? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I, I mean, well, maybe, maybe, because if he's, if he's, think about, I mean, he's complaining or he's, he's revolting or, you know, stomping his feet and upset about the goat. So, like, n apparently not throwing him the ball, right? He's complaining about Tom Brady. What would he do to somebody like Taylor Heineke? Like, it would be a show. Every, every second of every practice would be a show. It'd be the T.O. clip that we can't find. For the life of me, I can't find that one T.O. clip when he was with the 49ers walking around and just, yay team, go team, go team, and he's pissed off because he wasn't getting the ball. No, I mean, I mean, they, they, they literally I, announced he's off the team. Literally, Bruce Aarons walked in and announced he's off the team. Well, he, has to, he, he has to be. I mean, that, that is, I mean, the fans falling and the, the, the FedEx and, and the collapse and everything, that's bad. Antonio Brown quitting while his team is losing Basically, if, like he's on the sideline. I don't know if you saw the extended cut of this, but it's all over social media now too. I saw it on Red Zone. Like I have a second it. screen up. I was watching Red Zone. He he literally got into it and started just kind of talking to himself, doing that like fake yelling to him. Not fake. He was yelling at himself basically, but it was clearly directed at the quarterback. Mike Evans came over, tried to calm him down. Yeah, didn't work. And then the next thing you know, he's taking off his pads, his helm, his his jersey, and then the pads, and he puts them down. Then he's just taking off clothes and walking towards the sideline. It's crazy. I mean, what do you what do you do if you're a teammate at that point, or a coach? I mean, do you let him? You have to let him go, right? I mean, you can't bring him back. You can't. I mean, I don't know what you expected. Though. That, that that that's my thing. Is that I mean, that's it comes an with the territory. Point. That that that's that's what everyone's been making on Twitter. Uh, Rooster, Grant Paulson, all these guys have been saying the same thing. You know. You you bring Antonio Brown in, he's a known commodity at this point, you, you know. So he he's got some screws loose. I mean, this is different than To. To had some screws loose too. I mean, he, he tried to kill himself, but uh, uh, different than Randy Moss. Randy Moss was not a, a he was a me guy, but he he wasn't. He didn't have not some like screws. This. Loose. No, not not like yeah. That. Th but this is insane. This is there's some psychological. Uh, he, he needs help, you know. Well, and and I think the. The Buccaneers probably are looking at it. He was probably on a short leash to begin with, right? I mean, this guy, if I'm not mistaken, he was, was he traded to Buffalo or signed with Buffalo, but never played for them after Oakland, which he never played for. And then and I think he played one game with the Patriots as a Patriot early in the season. And then he was cut or suspended or something. And then he ends up in Tampa Bay. Obviously, you know, Brady, I'm sure went by, went and pulled strings to say, I want this guy here. He brings him in. But even like, 
the the shenanigans on the hard knocks with the Raiders that he, he never played for Buffalo. I don't think he ever played for the Raiders. Like he he never actually played one snap. He just kind of you know just cried himself out or or basically talked himself out of those jobs. But with the Bucks, I mean, he caught a pass in the end zone. I think he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. He started off the season red hot. I mean, we we follow fantasy somewhat, right? So we we kind of know he was he was doing some stuff. Got on the COVID list, and then the the most recent shenanigans are the fake COVID card, right? Like you can just be unvaccinated. You don't need to produce a fake card. Like it's it, you're right. There's something clearly not right there. But he's in New York today. It's freezing cold or cold. It's not freezing cold, but cold. He's stripping on the sideline and on the way out antagonizing his team by telling the Jets fans to cheer louder for their team when they're up 14 and he just leaves. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. And frankly, like for all the talent in the world, I don't think, I don't think any coach is going to look at him and say, I want this mess on my team. There's no way. Well, I mean, the Bucks right now do have a football dilemma in the sense of they lose Chris Godwin last week. Now they lose Antonio Brown. I mean, they're, they're down to Mike Evans and Gronkowski. I mean, two older guys that are both injury prone heading into the playoffs. So th- that's a real football concern, you know, and that's why Bruce Arians, I thought, might try to let, you know, send out an apology, you know, have him come and apologize. But you're right, Antonio Brown, yeah, he's got some screws loose. He, he really needs some help, and uh, he, he's, he's – uh, yeah, this is different. This is different it's than different. the regular. Because it's, it's, it's more than a football thing. He can help your football team out. I mean, there's no question exactly. about that. But, but I mean, you, it's a full package, and I, I don't think he, he. I don't think he care. Like, you couldn't be two op- more opposite people, right? On the football field until today, he seemed like a professional who's going to go out and do whatever. Yes, he gets the pouty, and I want the ball. All the like you said, all the great wide receivers have done that, and that have come before him. And I'm sure at some point we're going to see the the great ones of this generation doing the same. That part I think you expect. That's the heat of that's the heat of competition. No problem there. The 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 flip side is this guy is so unstable off the field. Like you just yeah. he kind of reminds me of like Pac-Man Jones, just somebody who like no matter what situation you put him in, he's gonna make the wrong decision. No matter what circumstances in front of him, he's gonna make the wrong decision. Right. Antonio Brown, again, with that hard knocks thing, I think it was dancing with the stars. He had those crazy blisters and then he wanted his shoes and then he didn't want to run. And why am I doing sprints? Like I'm the fastest person on the team. And then he obviously finds himself out of the league so just a bizarre scenario but i'm still watching red zone i think we we i know it's the washington football team post game show and anybody wants to call in the phone lines are open 855-908-5668 we can definitely pivot back to that but i want to talk about jamar chase as well stevie i mean this guy between jamar chase and 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 obviously joe burrow the bengals are setting themselves up to be the team you know the the team in the afc to maybe challenge and just be really good over the next seven to 10 years, if they can keep both of them and keep them healthy. I mean, they yeah. set a record today, a very weird one. I haven't, I hadn't seen before. They surpassed the most yards from a duo, like most passing yards for former collegiate teammates. It's kind of weird, but uh, kind of obscure, but I mean, who would be second in that group? I don't know. It was 91. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's a super old and quirky stat. Um, but I mean, he, he is something else. He, he is just, he seems to catch everything and seems to be faster than anyone on the field at any point in time. I mean, you, you see a real changing of the guard in that AFC North with what I think, and I everyone has to presume at this point, is Big Ben's final game happening next week. I mean, you have to assume 
Big Ben has played his last uh, game as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Obviously, right now the Ravens are still without Lamar Jackson, uh, and 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 uh, I believe they won today. No, they lost to the Rams. They lost. They lost to the Rams. So you know, but it looks like you know Burrow and Chase are are setting up to be the kings of that AFC North. And and you you look at the Bengals if you're a Washington football fan, and you think they did it right. I mean, they they drafted smart. They built up their lines. They got young talent. They 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 you know were wise in free agency. They never went. They, they for, got a quarterback. They got a quarter. Well, they got a quarterback. Well, I mean, they, but, I mean, what did they do to get a quarterback? Is they they sucked, and they lucked into the number well, one. We we pick. also sucked in the same draft, and we're drafting right behind them. You know, and we can do the shoulda woulda thing, right? If Joe Burrow doesn't go number one overall. Maybe he's here in Washington. Maybe doesn't matter. He's not. I'm saying, what, what, are you saying you would have rather taken a quarterback at two that's not Joe Burrow? Well, of course. If I can go back in time right now, I'm taking Justin Herbert, not Chase Young. I don't know how. I don't know how anybody that knows, like, if you if you're living right now in 2022, how do you not take Justin Herbert as the second overall? What what case would you make for taking Chase Young, knowing what you know now? I don't. I don't think it's a very good case. No, 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 knowing what I know now, but knowing, yeah, at, knowing the time, what, no, at the time, people were comparing him to Lawrence Taylor. At the time, they could have, and they didn't. I don't think anyone killed them for the Chase Young pick. No, and I'm not killing them for it now. I mean, okay. you, there's no way you could have known, right? I mean, the, the flip side argument is you're supposed to know because you're professionals, and how do teams like the Patriots seemingly get it right? Or like you have to win the lottery, and I think the best example of that is is probably. The, the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers, I mean, they got, they went from Phillip Rivers to... Well, well the, the penultimate is the Colts. I mean, the Colts... But they didn't draft Wentz. They drafted uh, Andrew Luck. Yeah. I'm saying they, they went, saying I know right he now. retired yeah, yeah, early, yeah. but I'm just saying, they went, or, they, had, yeah. they had a mate like 10, 15 years with Peyton. They sucked for one year, tanked for one year, ended up with Luck for another, you know, however long he lasted, and he was great. So, I mean... We're, we're gonna I, end I, up- just like Washington has been in that spot before. I mean, they 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 obviously drafted RG three and Kirk, right? And and and, and like in, in hindsight, now looking back at it, that tells you everything you need to know about the divide, the great divide between the football people and the owner, right? The football guys wanted Kirk and were targeting him and got him in the fourth. The owner wanted RG three, and they got him in the first, right? And they traded the they traded the universe to get him. So. It just it just goes to show you that like you, you need talent on the field, but there also has to be some level of cohesion off the field so that you're you're actually making the right decisions and and you know I don't know I, I think the jury's still out on Ron or like I saw, like our boy Mina was saying like is he the guy do you trust him as a GM right now I'd have to say no I don't I don't trust Ron the GM at all man I I would kill for Kirk Cousins right now of course I would of kill course I, I I somehow forgot that we still had him. <laughs> He would be. Oh, so you're gonna, you're gonna, literally, you're gonna ruin the rest of my night. He would be here in the sixth year of his contract, and sorry, in the fifth of sixth years of his contract. They, they, five they'd of be, six. They'd be nine and seven right now with a chance to. No, uh, they would be better than that because they wouldn't have drafted guys like Haskins, right? They wouldn't have spent yeah. the first round pick on Haskins. Yeah, they, they'd be ten and six right now. How much better would Terry McLaurin be? I'm telling you, it's a very depressing thought. And you would have had him at Ryan Tannehill money, not whoever they're going to. I mean, what are they going to do? 
they're not going to get Aaron Rodgers, so that's all nonsense. I mean, they're going to have to go find a quarterback, right? They tried to get involved in the Matt Stafford sweepstakes. By the way, Matt Stafford, I think I mentioned this last week to you, Stevie. Cooper Cup, I think, is 140 yards away from surpassing Calvin Johnson for the, the best or uh, most yards receiving in a single season. I don't know how the record books are ultimately going to track this because of one extra game, but he's yeah. going to get it. Matt Stafford is not going to get enough credit for being the guy that propelled both Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup to that to that feat, and he deserves a ton of credit. I know you're not a Matt Stafford guy, but I just I'm think not a Matt Stafford guy, and he played like crap today. But uh, but he deserves credit. I think about the Bills; they lucked out with Josh Allen. Yeah, are you still you still thinking about the teams that I'm got still a guy? Thinking about the Kirk thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean Patrick Mahomes, right? They they had a guy that was good in Alex Smith, and they drafted a guy. And they groomed him, and they, and and Andrew Reed knows what he's doing with quarterbacks because you trust Andrew Reed to draft now, quarterbacks. Now, the the one who went opposite of that, Denver, built their team, could not find a quarterback, rented Peyton for a year or two, and won a Super Bowl. Yeah, two years, two Super Bowl trips, one victory. That's a plausible strategy for us. If you have all the other parts, we're not that far. Oh, we just played an entire season. Where's without- Stevie? Are you serious? Which <laughs> which part of this team is close? Special teams? Which you could dress away? Joey Sly? Which part of this team do you, do you look at and you say I have confidence in in this team? To, I mean, you know, if you subbed out, we, we we just said if you subbed out Kirk Cousins for Heineke, this ten and six. So you sub but, out, yeah. Uh, okay. uh, Heineke for Peyton Manning from from seven years ago. That's well, an 11-5 look, team. Stay on the Broncos for a second here. They've done it again. They traded Von Miller for a zillion picks. They have a good wide receiver core. That's all under contract. They've got a good running back core. That's all under contract. They've got a sound defense. That's pretty much all under contract. They have a zillion no quarterback. picks. No quarterback. But if a guy like Russell becomes available this offseason, which is it's a possibility, or Aaron Rodgers decides to leave, maybe, I mean, Denver has to be the number one landing spot. The weather's great. The team is ready to go and will compete right away. I mean, Denver's done it again, right? Can can they get one of those guys is going to be the question, right? Washington is nowhere near. And and, and Washington would have to overpay. Are right? you advocating for drafting a quarterback in the first round? Um, Not yet. I, I'm advocating for going back in time and actually pulling the, doing the trade. Um, on realistic scenarios here. Well, look. I think I was the only one on the, uh, you know, of the five of us on the show that was for the Mitch Trubisky trade at the trade deadline. I was pro. I was pro that, right? Like, like what, 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 what solution? What problem would that be the solution for? He would be an upgrade over Taylor. So you're cool with that being our long-term quarterback? No, I think he would be better than Taylor. Then what, what does that matter? Playoffs matter. That's what I said. This like, season doesn't matter. What to, to go to one game in the playoffs? And lose by I 25. think it matters. I think it matters that you push to make the playoffs. No, Do you want to be four and eleven? I don't want to be four and eleven. I'm miserable enough as it is at six and nine. I, I don't want to be four and eleven. Uh, I think it's the two sides of the same coin. No, I, I don't think so. I, I think at four and whatever, it it I, I mean Twitter's already like an insufferable. Twitter's the worst, but it's that's, so- that's nothing to do with the record. It, it well, Twitter, it, Twitter becomes worse and worse as their record becomes worse and worse, right? And and it doesn't like no matter how hard you beat the drum for Dan Snyder to go or for change, like no one's listening. So it just gets louder and louder with ultimately nothing actually coming of it. 
you know, and look, now that the season's over, I'm sure when I open up Twitter tonight or when I do, you know, sometimes we do some guest spots on some of the other podcasts and shows, which I, I love doing personally because I like mixing it up. And sometimes, you know, I get into <laughs> pretty heated debates about this team. The one thing that everybody's looking for and identifies as the problem, right? You can't have culture change from the bottom up. Okay. That's called a revolution or a revolt, right? Or a strike, right? Like actual organizational change can only be one direction and it always has to be from the top down. So I don't care if it's Tanya or Dan, if the first, if the last name of the person in charge is Snyder, then it's all for naught. And I, that's just where I fall personally, right? It's not, these are not personal digs at him, although there's a lot of people that will do that. I'm just saying his, his tenure as owner has been poop. He has made every, I, I can't think of what call has he made that was a right call. Can anyone give me one example of one call where Dan was 100% correct? I think of all the impediments to this team winning a Super Bowl, Dan Snyder is not a top but, five. But you're, not, but you're not living in reality because nobody uh, wants to deal with him. Nobody wants to deal with him, Stevie. Who's going to come play for this franchise with, with him, him at the owner? Who, who has to FB deal with him? had the right idea. Just send the team and the owner, send them all to St. Louis. Just get them out of here and we'll start over. We could be the uh, commanders or the whatever. Stop leaking the name. Listen. I mean, I'm big. On, I like I like the command, actually. I like the command. This this is all ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I know you're a Red Wolves guy, right? Or No. I like the, I like the uh, Armada, War. okay? I like the Armada. Armada. I mean, Warhogs is not a bad one. Warhogs? But probably won't it's fly such in. a bad team. I, I, I mean, you've got little kids. I have little kids. Are we raising them to be... No fans. No, I can't. My kids love Patrick Mahomes and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I mean, if my girls enjoy watching sports, then I, I feel like I've done, I feel like I've done my job. I think it's different if you're raising boys and they need to, you know, not need to be, but they tend to be a little bit more invested and they want to play and whatever. I'm just trying to raise kids that don't hate sports, but you know, my nephew is a football fan, you know, and he's like, you know, every time he texts me or wants to come over to watch the game, it's, He's never texted me to come watch the, the Washington football team play. Never. But you, you know, that's sad because we were talking about last week. Some of our fondest memories, even with that stadium falling apart, we were talking stadium. about 05, Clinton Portis carrying this team to the playoffs on his back. We're talking about the Monday Night Miracle with Brunel and Santana and, and watching it together at the State Theater in Falls Church. Okay, we're talking about uh, That's a double double eighty yard touchdowns. Brunel Santana. No, come on, Joe. The first one was forty yards on fourth and fifteen. The second one was seventy yards on first and ten from the thirty. You can fact check me on it. Right, you know I'm right. One dollar bet. We're talking about Sean Taylor in 07. We we were at the Buffalo game uh, with the memorial service for him. The ten men. We were talking about the entire the ten men. Also, the ten yard penalty for two timeouts in a row. <laughs> like okay. I said, some of our fondest memories. We're in that stadium watching that team to, to know there's entire now it's more than a generation. This is generations of people growing up with just miserable memories. I mean, anything after 12. Yes. Is a horrible how, many, memory. how many people not from Washington, D.C. that were raised cheering for the, the Redskins? How many people buy a copy of Madden and choose that team to play with it? In, in 2012, 80 percent of people did. But uh yes. But today, like who, who's running to play as uh, Taylor Heineke? Well, that's why I assume when people see it's funny because when I see a Sunday night promo for for uh, Washington versus Dallas, 
I get sized. I get sized. And I think I'm 3% of the population. I think well, everyone else looks at it and says, that's a Sunday I'm taking off. That's the worst game. And I don't disagree, Stevie, but the, this generation. Will we ever this, become like that? This, I, no, I don't, I don't think so. This generation of players that are currently playing for the football team, like they're all, what, 24, 25 years old? So what do they know about this this team? Like we we got the tail end of the the 80s, right? So we got we got two Super Bowls or one and a half Super Bowls, just as we're kind of coming of age and learning. And they were then they were not good for the better part of the 90s. And they got good again with Brunel. Oh no, Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Then there was a couple years of darkness. And then we got Joe Gibbs. And then there was a couple years of darkness. And then we got RG3 for one year, one and a half years. And then we got Bruce Allen for 10 or whatever it was, six. And now the only constant again is Dan. So I I don't know how you don't look at him and say he's part of the problem. He's definitely part of the problem. Uh, The difference that I'll say is what you just went through that, that lovely kind of history of things. It's depressing. That that late nineties, early two thousands, when you say we weren't good, we were interesting, right? I mean, we had the, the, the Super Bowl bought in 2000 with Dion and Bruce and, uh, who was that safety? Mark Carrier. Okay. And uh, I, I mean, you know, we were interesting. We are not interesting. We are not competitive. We are not talented. We are not promising. We are not exciting. We are not. You are anything. so depressing to talk to. Like more so than usual, actually, today. <laughs> I think it's I think it's because it's 60 degrees outside. We didn't take advantage of it. Instead, we watched this game. It's going to be like six feet of snow, apparently, yeah. overnight now. So, you know, I'm, I'm mentally preparing for my kids to be home with me tomorrow and getting nothing done. And this was just the perfect way to end the weekend, a holiday weekend at that. Merry thank Christmas. you for Happy ruining my mood further, Stevie. Happy New Year. Yeah, thank you so much. Happy New Year to you, too. I hate you, but thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I think we we probably need to take a little break and we'll come back and we'll we'll figure out what we want to do for the rest of the week. But I'm excited. I'm looking forward to We can't even talk baseball. Know, my guys are locked out. We got we got baseball to talk about. Matt the Met is coming back. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming on the DTC podcast. We're, personally, I always get excited for the beginning of the year. We we kind of reset, figure out what we're going to do different uh, in the upcoming year. So, for now, his name is Stevie. My name is Joe. This has been the Washington football team post-game live show on the Contender Network. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you, Rob, for calling in. Thank you to everyone that uh, sent in comments on YouTube, Facebook, and everywhere else. Uh, we are on Twitter. Find us on every social media platform. Find us and uh, say hello. We'll be back in a couple days with another episode. For now, my name is Joe. This is Defeating the Curse, DTC on the Contender Network. Washington football team drops one to the Eagles. We'll see what happens next week. The season finale against the Giants. We are out.